When was a time in your life when something happened to you you didn't expect? You didn't see it coming. You had no anticipation that it was going to happen. And yet all of a sudden, there it was, and it made you just stop and go, wow, I can't believe I just saw that. That's how I felt when I asked Marcia out for our first date. Now, she was way out of my league, uh, but her sister told me to give her a call, and so I said, well, why not? So I called her up, and I, and I asked her if she'd go out with me, and, and she said yes. Now, I hadn't planned the conversation after that because I just thought she was going to say no. <laughs> so I hadn't really planned what the date was going to be. I hadn't really planned what was going to happen. And, uh, anyway, it, uh, we went out, and 35 years later, here we are. Jesus' disciples were not expecting What happened to them in the event that is described in Mark chapter 6 where we're going to be reading this morning? The unexpected had become something of the norm in their life with Jesus. They'd they'd seen storm waters calmed. They'd seen a a demon-possessed man healed. They'd seen a dead girl raised. They'd seen 5,000 fed and more. They didn't see any of those coming either. But this was something different altogether. On a boat, in the midst of the Sea of Galilee's, in the middle of a storm, they looked out and saw something that they had never seen before. Jesus walking on the water. No doubt, later as they faced tremendous opposition to the gospel, As they would be jailed, as their lives would be threatened and more, they would remember, hey, if he can walk on water, there's nothing my Savior can't do. One thing they would remember from this moment on is that we are not alone. As you'll remember, we've been looking through this incredible period in the life of Christ. Uh, During uh, this particular instance, they have just finished what had been an incredibly long day. They've been with Jesus there with the crowd all day long as he taught them. And as the day grew late, and, and we looked last week at how he fed this enormous crowd of people with a very small sack of food. It was just an amazing thing. They passed out this miracle dinner to the crowd, and they had 12 baskets of food left over. It was an amazing miracle, one they would never forget. Immediately after that miracle, Jesus sent the disciples ahead to go back out across the Sea of Galilee to head toward a little town by the name of Bethsaida, where he was hoping that they would be able to get some rest. He stayed behind, again, also hoping that he would be able to dismiss the crowd and then spend some time alone in prayer. But in that evening, the wind began to blow, the rains began to fall, and the waves began to build, as so often happened upon the Sea of Galilee. And as the disciples continued their journey, it became harder and harder for them to row their boat. And then things really got crazy 
The incident is described in Mark chapter 6, beginning in verse 47. When the evening came, the boat was in the middle of the lake, and he was alone on the land. He saw the disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them. About the fourth watch of the night, he went out to them walking on the lake. He was about to pass by them. But when they saw him walking on the lake, they thought he was a ghost. They cried out because they all saw him and were terrified. Immediately he spoke to them and said, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. That description, the fourth watch of the night, means that this would have been somewhere between 3 and 6 a.m. in in the dark of the early morning. And these guys had been rowing for a long time after an exhausting day. And to make things worse, they were being forced to row against the wind. Likely they were making little, if any, progress. In Mark's gospel, every time the disciples are separated from Jesus, things go sideways. Their anguish in those moments is always identified in in Mark's gospel as being a lack of faith. In this instance, they were at the end of their rope, and and we can understand why. They'd had this exhausting day, and now they had been battling against the wind and the waves all night long, and they thought Jesus had abandoned them. Again, remember, he's the one that sent them out onto the Sea of Galilee in the first place. But, of course, Jesus had not abandoned them. He saw their struggle. And here's where things get interesting. Even the greatest leaders in world history, had they been in this circumstance, they would have only been able to look out upon the waters and feel sorry for their friends. They might have looked for some way to reward them if they were able to make it to the other side. But even the greatest leaders in history would not have done what Jesus did. Jesus went to be with his disciples by walking on the water. And remember, Jesus is walking on the water in the middle of a windstorm. The waves were crashing around his feet. No matter. No problem. Jesus headed their way. And according to verse 48, he was about to pass by them. Now, the scholars have given several different explanations for that somewhat strange phrase that he was about to pass by. Some think that maybe that's what the disciples thought that Jesus was about to do. And so that's the way they described it. Or the words that are translated as pass, their, pass by could be translated as, as pass their way. In, in, order, in other words, they were, he was coming toward them. Or, or some scholars call this the language of theophany, which is just a theology student's way of saying that Jesus was about to display his power to the disciples. Well, there's no question about that last one. This was power and then some. 
Jesus was doing what no one had ever done. Jesus was doing what no one could ever do. This wasn't supposed to happen. You need a boat or at least swim lessons and water wings. You've got to have something to make this happen. But Jesus didn't need any of that. He defied the laws of physics. He walked on water. Now the disciples realized how unique that was. This couldn't possibly be real. And so they came up with the only logical explanation they could think of. It was a ghost. (laughs) Isn't it amazing how our mind can come up with the most ridiculous things? I mean, the disciples look out, they see what looks like Jesus walking toward them on the water, and they think it's Casper. (laughs) And then they react accordingly. They were terrified. We can understand that part. But Jesus calms their fears, and he taught them a lesson they would never forget. Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. When we know Christ, in those times of life when we feel like we're all alone, in those times when the wind is blowing, when the waves are crashing all around us, in those times when we're straining at the oars and we can't seem to get anywhere, we need to remember the same thing. We're not alone. Jesus is here. Now that sometimes seems impossible. We look back at our own life and we see those times where we felt alone. That time we got separated from our parents at the mall. Or that time as parents we got separated from our child at the mall. Those moments when life turns south. That letter with bad news. That phone call we didn't want to receive. That diagnosis we didn't want to hear. And all of a sudden the the world almost separates and it's like we are all by ourselves, we're all alone. What we need to realize is when we know Jesus, we are never alone. He sees everything that we are experiencing. He knows when the waves get rough. He knows when our oars get heavy. He knows when we're so exhausted we can't move another muscle. Now, how does he know all of that? Because he is here. He is with us. He knows. You know Christ is your Savior. You are never alone. Even when that seems impossible. How can you know that? Because the one who walked on water walks with you. The Gospel of Mark records the remarkable events of that early morning in verse 51. Then he climbed into the boat with them, the Bible says, and and the wind died down. They were completely amazed, for they had not understood about the loaves, and their hearts were hardened. Jesus climbed into the boat with them, and 
Almost in passing, Mark mentions another little fact that the waves and the wind died down. Mark doesn't record what happened just before Jesus climbed into the boat. Matthew records the words of Peter, or what happened to Peter and how he recounted those events. Uh, Mark may not have recorded those words because Mark, we, we believe, got most of what he wrote down about the Gospels from Peter, and Peter may not have wanted to repeat this story because <laughs> he doesn't come out so good in it. But, but here's how Matthew described it, verse 28. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come out to you on the water. Come, he said, and then Peter got out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? I can see why Peter would want to skip over that part of the story. (laughs) It wasn't just Jesus getting into the boat that night. It was Jesus carrying Peter. getting into the boat, soaking wet, having learned a lesson to always keep his eyes on Jesus. The disciples, though, they really couldn't look down on Peter. At least he got out of the boat. They all, according to Mark 6, verse 52, still didn't quite get it. Mark says their hearts were hardened. My mom would have put it a little more bluntly. Whenever I didn't do something around the house that I was supposed to do, when I didn't take out the trash or some other chore that I had been told I was supposed to do, or whenever I did 10,000 other things that I wasn't supposed to do or didn't do things that I was supposed to do, my mom would always tell me that I was hard-headed. It took me a while to finally get it especially on the day that I was supposed to take out the trash. The disciples apparently had their thick moments too. They had just seen a dead girl come to life, a legion of demons come out of a man, thousands fed, and much, much more. But they see Jesus walking on the water and they think it's a ghost. More importantly... They thought Jesus had abandoned them. But they would finally get it. Peter and John and the rest of the disciples would face horrific persecution. But in those moments, they would always remember the night they saw Jesus walk on water. Folks, the one who walked on water walks with you. Don't forget that. We're all going to face those days when the wind is blowing against us, when the waves are crashing over the sides of our boat, when we don't think we're going to make it, when we have pulled on our oars with all the might that we have, and we're not making any headway. We're all going to have those moments in life. When you do, don't forget, the one who walked on water 
walks with you. Heavenly Father, this miracle has perhaps the most important lesson we need to learn as believers. That we're never alone. That as we face the crushing storms of life, we don't face those alone. That as we journey through the difficulties and anguish that this world will bring us, we don't face that alone. Lord, you see it all. You see it because you're here with us. You walk with us. You never leave us. You never forsake us. Just as you have promised, you're always here. Help us remember that. In those moments when we face the difficulties of life, help us remember we don't face them alone. In those times when we face those opportunities for witness and we don't think we have the words to say, help us remember we won't be speaking alone. In those moments when we face ministry tasks that seem beyond our abilities, help us remember we won't be serving alone. Because the one who walked on water walks with us. Thank you. Thank you that you are always here. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen.